Chapter Thirty of Hushed Up by William LeCue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter Thirty, Conclusion. About ten days afterwards, I one morning received by post a brief note from Gertun, written from the prefecture in Paris, urging me to go at once to the Victoria Hotel at Varenna on the Lake of Cuomo where, if I waited in the name of Brown, my patience would be rewarded. And there, sure enough, six days later, as I sat one evening in my private sitting-room, the door suddenly opened and my well-beloved in a dark travelling-gown sprang forward and embraced me, sobbing for very joy. Can I adequately describe the happiness of that reunion? Of what I uttered I have no recollection, for I held her closely in my arms as I kissed her hot tears away. A man stood by, a tall, silent, gentlemanly man, whose hair was gray, and whose face as advanced beneath the strong light showed traces of disguise. "'I am Philip Poland, Sonia's father,' he exclaimed in a low voice. Whereupon I took the hand of the escaped prisoner, and expressed the utmost satisfaction at that meeting for he had risked his liberty to come there to me. "'Sonia has told me everything,' he said, "'and I can only regret that those blackguards have treated you and her as they have. But Guterne, who is a humane man, even though he be a detective, has tracked them down, and only yesterday I heard Duquesne, the man who made that false charge against myself, and stepped into my shoes. The man who intended that my poor girl should marry, that young scoundrel Forbes, has been discovered in Breslau, and is being extradited to England. "'On the night of your arrest, Mr. Poland, a mystery occurred,' I said presently, as we sat together exchanging many confidences as I held my dear wife's soft little hand in mine. "'Yes,' he replied. "'It was only while I was out at Devil's Island that I learnt the truth. Duquesne, intending to get me out of the way, hit upon a very ingenious plan of sending a man made up as Guterne, who I only knew by sight, to see me and suggest suicide rather than arrest. This man, a person named Lefevre, came and made the suggestion. He did not know that Duquesne had written anonymously to the prefecture, and never dreamed that Guterne himself would follow him so quickly. On leaving he apparently hung about watching the result of his dastardly mission when Harriman, or Bell, as we knew him, walked up the drive in order to call in secret upon me. He espied a man whom he recognized as Guterne peering in at the window, and creeping up behind him struck him down before he could utter a word. Afterwards he slipped away, believing that he had killed our arch-enemy, the chief of the Sûreté. Presently, however, the body of the unfortunate Lefevre was found by Guterne himself, who had come to arrest me. "'And Harriman admitted this?' I exclaimed. "'Yes, he admitted it to me upon his deathbed. He died of fever a week before I made my dash for liberty. But,' he added, "'Sonia has told me of that dastardly attempt which those hell-fiends Reckitt and Forbes made upon you in Porchester Terrace, and how they also tortured her. But they were fortunately alarmed and fled precipitately, leaving Sonia unconscious.' "'Yes,' declared my sweet wife. When I came to myself I recollected in horror what they had told me concerning the fate to which they had abandoned you in the adjoining room, and with a great effort managed to free myself and seek you. 
I cut the straps which bound you, and succeeded in killing the snake just in time to save you. Then I stole away and left, fearing that you might suspect me of having had some hand in the affair. "'And you saved my life, darling?' I exclaimed, kissing her fondly on the lips. Then, turning to Poland, I said, "'The police are hunting for you everywhere. Cannot you get to some place where you are not liable to be taken back to France?' "'Tomorrow, if I am fortunate,' he said with a faint smile, "'I return to the modest little villa I have rented on the hillside outside Athens. In Greece one is still immune from arrest for offences abroad. And I shall return to London with you, Owen. Father and I have travelled to Trieste, and thence here in order that I should rejoin you, now that the danger is past.' "'Ah, darling,' I cried, "'I never for one moment doubted you.' yet i admit that the circumstances once or twice looked very black and suspicious alas i could not prevent it she declared i left you and joined dad at the coliseum because i went in fear of some further attempt being made upon us and i felt you and i would be safe if i were with him he had no idea when we met the others at stamford that forbes and reckitt and duquesne had effected that coup with the archduchess's jewels no i had no idea of it said poland my meeting with them was one of farewell. I had already severed my connection with them three years ago before my arrest. And then, after some further explanations, I clasped my loved one in my arms and openly repeated my declaration of fervent love and fond affection. Of the rest, what need be said? Sonia is now very happy, either down at Carrington or at Wilton Street for the black clouds which overshadowed the earlier days of our marriage have rent asunder, and given place to all the sunshine and brightness of life and hope. No pair could be happier than we. Twice we have been to Athens as the guest of the tall grey-haired Englishman who is such a thorough-going cosmopolitan, and who lives in Greece for the sake of the even climate and the study of its antiquities." no one in the greek capital recognizes mr wilfred marsh as the once famous louis lessar and dear old jack marlowe still our firm and devoted friend is as full of good-humoured philosophy as ever and frequently our visitor he still leads his careless existence and is often to be seen idling in the window of white's smoking and watching the passers-by in st james's street you who read the newspapers probably know how Arnold Duquesne, alias Pennington, alias Winton, was recently sentenced at the Old Bailey to fifteen years, and the two young Frenchmen, Trussier and Brault, to seven years each, for complicity in the robbery on the Scotch Express. And probably you also read the account of how two mysterious Englishmen, named Reckitt and Forbes, who had been arrested in Paris, had, somehow, prior to their extradition to England, managed to obtain possession of blades of safety razors, and with them had both committed suicide. In consequence of this there was no trial of the perpetrators of those brutal crimes in Porchester Terrace. The whole affair was but a nine days' horror, and as the authorities saw that no good could accrue from alarming the public by further publicity or inquiry, it was quickly hushed up. This is the end of Hushed Up by William LeCue. Recording by Tom Weiss, Tom's Audiobooks.com.